This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a comics episode of the Animaniacast. And welcome, everybody, once again to the Animaniacast. We're the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode. We talk about all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And then, of course, in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother, Nathan. Like, hey. Like, hey, man. (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> Kelly is not here today, and also, you know who else is not here today that we thought was going to be here today at one point? Uh, is, it Tom? is it Tom? Yeah. Is Tom, Tom here? <laughs> no, no, not that I'm aware of. Hello? Oh. No. <laughs> no, he's not in the room with me, unless he's in the room with you. No, Tom is not here today because Tom had to go off to New York City. New York City? Is that the Pace commercial? Yes. (laughs) He had to go off to New York because, not for a salsa commercial, but uh, his his son Cody Ruger, you know Cody, he was the little bluebird there in Animaniacs. The cutest Ruger. Was he the cutest? Yes, I believe so. (laughs) The the inspiration for Dot, really, yeah. So yeah, he's the the cutest. Actually, he wasn't, you know what? We're not going to get into that, Nathan, but yes, I think in our poll many year, a year or so ago, I think Nathan Ruger was voted as the cutest Ruger, but I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I know. I don't know. But I think people oh, yeah, just know. know who Nathan Ruger is more than that, so I don't know. I would say, where? Are, what are we talking about? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get into this. You don't want to get into it, but I'm going to look it up. <laughs> well, anyway, so Tom went off to New York to go see Cody perform in the Titanic musical. Which, I don't know if you knew that that was actually a musical, Nathan, but it absolutely is. Some people were, I know on our Facebook page, I I shared that Cody Ruger would be starring in a production of the Titanic musical. And and some people were saying, I thought that was just a joke at the end of the producer's movie. (laughs) Or they they mentioned the Titanic musical. But no, it's a real uh, thing. It's the... uh, Music and uh, lyrics were by Maury Yeston, and the story and book were by Peter Stone. And this was being performed uh, just this weekend by the Village Light Opera Group. And uh, Cody uh, was playing one of the parts. He was, it looks like he was playing a part of Wallace Hartley. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, is that the one that Rose goes? Uh, where, where's Jack and Rose? <laughs> this is this? The, Jack and Rose, I don't think, are in this, mu- this uh, musical at all. This... <laughs> The movie, of course, was incredibly, incredibly successful. The musical was also successful. It got many uh, Tonys and everything that year, but uh, has since kind of like faded off. It doesn't still play on Broadway, I don't think, on a regular basis, at least. So Tom had to go off to go uh, cheer on Cody uh, as he broke a leg or sunk a ship (laughs) or hit an iceberg, (laughs) whatever that, whatever the... The saying is when you're doing the Titanic musical, but he he should be with us next week, and we're going to be talking all about the Animaniacs years of Kids WB. 
So people still have time to put in a question for Tom Rooker. Exactly. So you still have a little bit of time if for some reason you haven't A silver said. lining. Exactly. <laughs> there's always a silver lining unless you're on the Titanic, and in Ooh. which case there's not much. But anyway, unless you're in the Titanic musical, in which that must be lots of fun. Yeah. Or the movie. <laughs> you made a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. There's always, so even in that, the Titanic, there's silver linings to that. Uh, but <laughs> today, however, we're going to be talking about a couple... Uh, cool things. Number one, we're going to be talking about this uh, Pinky and the Brain movie? Live action movie? Question mark? What? Oh, this is a weird thing that's been going around the internets lately. And uh, I think we need to clear up a little bit of confusion, but also add a little bit more to the story. And also, we're going to be talking about Animaniacs, an Animaniacs comic. This is Animaniacs issue 12, which... Uh, looking at the comic cover here, came out April 1996. So where were you, Nathan? Um, I was turning nine years old. There you go. And do you remember what... <laughs> it's so funny. Do you remember what you did on your ninth birthday? Uh, no. No. <laughs> um, I remember because... No, I don't remember. Yeah, okay. You weren't <laughs> reading this comic, so we had to wait a few years to read this comic. But we're finally getting to it uh, all these years later. Anyway, we're going to be... the That issue, we're going to be talking about it. But before we get to all of that, let's go ahead and get to our contest results for the Good Feathers QMX figure. Finally. Finally. So let's go ahead and... Oh my gosh, I don't even have the results with me right now. What you? This is your one job, Joey. Oh, to no, like, I mean, oh, I could look. I could read some. Hang off. on, I'm getting a telegram. Oh, it says that the announcer has the the. Woo! That's awesome. Sure. <laughs> okay, here's the announcer with our results for the QMX figure. Hello again, it's me, the announcer, and I'm here to select a winner. At random, for the QMX QFig Good Feathers figure. That's right, this Good Feathers figure has been signed by the voice actors behind the Good Feathers, Maurice Lamarche, John Mariano, and Chick Venera, as well as the creator of Animaniacs, Tom Ruger. Oh, what an honor to have this on a shelf. Well, a lot of people put in their five-star positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, and now it is my duty, as announcer of the Animaniacast, to select one of those usernames at random. So here I go. I just reach right into here, into my magic paper bag. Oh, just take out my groceries first. All right, there we go. Oh, forgot about that. Oh, okay. Here we go. The winner of the QMX figure is... Curtis Findlay! Congratulations, Curtis! You are the winner of the QMX figure! Well, congratulations to you, and thank you so much to all of those who left your reviews on Apple Podcasts. Don't worry, everyone. There will be more giveaways in the future. And now, off to the studio! All right, well, those were the results, so congratulations. That Good Feathers QMX QFig is yours. 
all you have to do is just contact us and uh, just send us an email, and we will give you the uh, instructions of what to do next. I'm so excited. Now, you know, that's this is a really um, not quite a one-of-a-kind <laughs> collectible, but it's about Basically. As, it's <laughs> very, very close to it. There are not many of these around. And yeah. again, if for some reason, folks, you did not win, well, you know, we'll have other contests in the future, and you'll always be, you know, put in there. In fact, um, I think next week, or maybe, you know, in the next couple weeks, we'll do another one, and I'll we'll pull another name out of the hat, and we'll be... Uh, a decal package. What the heck? We have a few Animaniacs decals to give out. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, those are always fun. It's just as good. <laughs> it's just, you know what? They're just as good, right? Right? Yeah. Sure, why not? Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to our first discussion point. Nathan, I sent you a picture. <laughs> uh, of from Aquaman. From, uh, no, not of Aquaman. This was before <laughs> I sent you that one. <laughs> There's a new QMX figure of Aquaman, which I thought looked kind of cool, by the way. But that's not what we're talking about. There is a, a picture that's been making the rounds. It was on sites uh, such as comicbook.com. And I actually saw it first um, being shared around on some uh, some of the 80s and 90s uh, forums I'm a member of on Facebook. This is a an artist rendering of what they think a live-action Pinky and the Brain would look like and this is created by a digital artist goes by the uh instagram account of george evangelista it's all one word george evangelista and he has some pretty cool uh artwork on his uh site actually he has a bunch of things like if you're ever curious of what a live action street sharks movie would look like or a live action gummy bears uh would look like or live action Pokemon, which I guess we are getting a live-action Pokemon, but he has a different take on it. Anyway, he has all these kind of alternate takes with his really awesome digital artistry of what he thinks that these movies could look like. And one of them is <laughs> Pinky and the Brain. Now, Nathan, I shared this picture with you. What were your initial thoughts when you first saw this picture? Oh, I uh, said Creepy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. They they definitely look almost real, but then also, you know, still like cartoons. It's very much like the Pokemon movie kind of, you know, where you see all their little hairs on them. Yeah, exactly. That this is a um, <laughs> this is not official. Uh, by the way, I think a lot of people, of course, Facebook is the worst. They see even though this picture has the artist's name on it people like you know would post it just on a thing and people go, oh my god i can't believe this is this the reboot is this <laughs> is this is this real oh my god please don't make this no 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 and people are all commenting on either how much they like it or how much they hate it and it's like people just there's context to this and just take literally just a few seconds to find out where it's going on but it, it, it's too much to ask in this day and age for people to actually do stuff like that on the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this, all, uh, this you know, was making the tour, and uh, comicbook.com had a kind of clickbaity kind of title, like, is this what the live-action movie could look like? Which almost sounds like there is a live-action movie coming out, which there is not, as far as we're, we are aware of. There is no live-action Pinky the Brain movie coming out. 
Um, but Kirk Tingblad actually posted about this, uh, kind of making a few comments like, hey, actually, you know what? We actually did pitch to Gene McCurdy uh, back in the 90s a live-action uh, Pinky and the Brain movie. And him and uh, Russell Calabrese, who worked together on it, commented a little bit about it online. And I thought I'd share what they said. And Nathan, you can kind of give your thoughts about it. And we also had you know some of the people on, on our Discord channel we were discussing about this as well. So feel free to you know join the discussion over on our Discord uh, channel over at, with our RetroZap friends. You can get an invite link by simply going to discord.animaniacast.com. Uh, this is what Kirk Tingblad said. He said, Russell Calabrese and I wrote an outline. We pitched at Warner's. Our idea was to have an experiment fail, and they get turned into Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche. And they go on a whirlwind adventure to find a certain gizmo that Brain can fix their conversion machine with. And they find the gizmo, and then they need to race to the lab to rebuild the device to return them back into mice. But just as they start up the device, Pinky is shot with a bullet, hitting Pinky's heart. The conversion happens, and his Brain is sobbing, the bullet rolls off Pinky's cartoon chest. He's fine. It ends with them cleaning up the lab, and Brain asks Pinky if he's pondering what he's what he's pondering. Um, yeah, I thought it was a very kind of interesting uh, thing. Uh, Russell Calabrese wrote a little bit more about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Kirk and I wrote a treatment. We pitched to Gene McCurdy uh, when we were directing on the series for Pinky and the Brain movie. It starts off in the 2D world with a typical type of Pinky and the Brain adventure, and they fail. So anyone who's never seen a Pinky and the Brain would have the gist of the show. Um, Then Brain realizes the reason they fail all the time is because they're mice. So Brain uses the gene splicing machine that makes makes them into humans. And when they become humans, they're played by Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche. And they almost take over the world, but Pinky gets hurt badly in an incident in the movie. The brain has to make a choice of taking over the world or save Pinky. And of course, he decides to save his friend. But to do so, they need to be converted back to mice. Brain saves Pinky, and and they don't take over the world. What are they going to do tomorrow after Pinky recovers? The same thing they do every night. So... It was a, I think I like that explanation better than the first one. Than Kirk's <laughs> original. Uh, definitely a little odd seeing like, oh my gosh, Pinky being shot. And uh, mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Nathan, what are your thoughts about this uh, movie that never came to be, but it was a Pinky and the Brain live action movie that, well, we could have seen it. Yeah, um, I would think you would want to do like almost CGI live action at the beginning to make it so that the it's not just jarring when you turn them into humans and then they're like in a different world everything's in 3d <laughs> that's true it was it was i mean originally pitched at what in the mid 90s i suppose right yeah you know like or mid late 90s when piggy the brain was still in the wb and all um so yeah i would back then it would have been probably 2d and then into live action so it would have been kind of a, i mean it could have still worked though um mm-hmm. i mean like roger rabbit works for me still even though you know, it's kind of two-dimensional. Dimensional. I mean, you could put you put the right amount of uh, cell shading on Pinky and the Brain, and it could theoretically work. Them walking around in yeah. a thing, right? I I feel like this would be a straight-to-TV movie, though. I don't see it 
it, it reminds me of like the fairly odd parents i think they did this exact thing in fairly oh, really? odd parents movie like where they're like oh now they're humans for you know a couple scenes and then they're not and it was um i can't i don't know why i saw that movie but i <laughs> <laughs> i think there were, i think jimmy was live action actually oh really yeah jimmy, you know what jimmy Sounds... turner it was not a good movie um but i i did watch the whole thing so i'm sure yeah. there's many many members of our audience who are familiar with that yeah so <laughs> Well, it's funny to know that Maurice LaMarche actually pitched, so I say pitch, he was talking about, I remember uh, years ago when he came over to Phoenix Comic Con, uh, he had mentioned to an audience member what he would like to see in a Pinky and the Brain movie would be uh, sort of a live action slash, slash CGI thing. However, he would, not be, he would not be in it in a live action thing. It would be, uh, it would be more like Pinky and the Brain or physical real life mice and mm-hmm. then they're putting in... like like the smurfs movies yeah or yeah like kind of like the smurfs movie where they're physical mice like just normal mice that you find in the pet store and then they're put into the gene splicing machine to make them smart or you know genius and insane whatever and then they come out and then they're cgi versions that look very similar except just three-dimensional and then they can interact with the humans uh, mm-hmm. around them and of course voiced by maurice lamarche and rob paulson that would be like a, i think a safer <laughs> thing to do if you were making yeah. a pinky in the brain movie it's like oh yeah go for that um but this version i don't know as cool as i think it is to say like let's give maurice lamarche and uh rob paulson like a live action like in front of the camera role because that'd be still kind of cool because they're you know, they are actors first and foremost, and I think it would actually bring a little bit more respect to what a voice actor is, you know? It's like seeing who they are behind the the microphone. Um, however, the thought of seeing Rob Paulson getting shot <laughs> somehow yeah. in this movie is strange to me. And um, I don't know. And it seems like just for the majority of the movie there's no cartoons in it you know there's no well it sounds like the first third is a cartoon and then the last like 10 minutes are a cartoon or something yeah yeah but it seems like for the, a lot of that it sounds like they're just walking around as humans and as cute as that an idea that is initially i don't know i don't know if that would be that cool for um 30 minutes or more you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah so it it's one of those things of what could have been? And I thought we'd kind of add a little note to that because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are seeing that, uh, especially the Animaniacs fan community that are going, what is this all about? And uh, all I can say is it's nothing to worry about yet, as far as we know. <laughs> but they um, they really look so wiry, you know, the fur on these two, on this uh, CGI thing. Um, I will say that the artist has some much better artwork on his Instagram <laughs> that... Looks a lot better. So if you're into, uh, you know, nostalgia and seeing all that stuff and what it could look like, then I definitely would suggest checking out his Instagram um, because this Pinky and the Brain one, while it gets a, it's been getting the most attention, it's certainly not his best work, in my humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of this comic book today, issue number 12. To read this comic book... Well, let's go over the disclaimer once again. 
To read one of these Animaniacs comic books, well, I don't, unfortunately, you may not be able to find this in your local comic shop. Uh, trust me, I've I've called a few places, at least around my city, in Tucson. We've called your local comic we've book We've called shop, them, so. too, and they said we've called all 50 states now. <laughs> hey, you never know. It's possible, right? They could have it in your comic book shop, and if so, please, please, please support your local businesses that way. But... Um, I had to go to mycomicshop.com, um, and they uh, they have a pretty reasonable prices on a lot of these Animaniacs comics, uh, and, and and get with like reasonable shipping rates as well. In fact, you can get a bunch of them and then end up paying less than you would for going to a comic book shop for brand new comics today. So there you go. Uh, however, if you're looking for a uh, cheaper way to read these, uh, in fact, completely free way. Um, go to the freeway. No, <laughs> if you're looking for the freeway to, to to view these, uh, simply go on. I would just say go to Google, type in Animaniacs comic book scan or something like that, and you should be able to to find it pretty easily. Just beware pop up ads. Lots yeah. of pop up ads. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So we make. We will not be held responsible if for some reason you get your identity stolen from various pop-up ads. <laughs> uh, but the two uh, main segments we have here in this comic book are, uh, we have a Warner segment called A Blast from Hipsville. Uh, and then we have a Pinky in the Brain comic, which is called The Mod Couple. And so these two issues, I mean, this is a whole 60s adventure, man. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, in <laughs> fact, the front of it has dot. I'm assuming it's supposed to be dot. Uh, a smiley face on it. It's just basically a giant smiley face with yeah dots flower on it. Um, not one the, of those emojis. You now they call them <laughs> right. <laughs> the smiley face. I mean, it has its kind of before emojis and everything. The smiley. I think it really had its it's uh, origins in the 60s. In fact, let me just pull this up here on the lovely Wikipedia. A smiley. Um, I know oh. where it came from. Oh, go ahead. Tell me, tell me. Um, so uh, this man was running, and he just felt like running. And uh, then he got splashed in the face with mud. And some guy's like, oh, he can use this shirt. And he wiped his shirt, and there's a smiley face on it. And that man's name? Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, I saw that movie. I saw it in a movie. Yeah. Oh, well, then I gotta then I gotta correct Wikipedia because that is not what they put down. What does Wikipedia say? Oh, somebody on on somebody out there, the Wikipedia editors that are listening, please edit the this uh, site that's just called Smiley, and uh, they need to know that it actually comes from Forrest Gump. So yeah, but this is what they. Who's the inventor? Here's the fake news (laughs) of the Smiley on Wikipedia: a Smiley, sometimes called a happy face or smiley face. Is a stylized representation of a smiling humanoid face. Oh, really? <laughs> the classic form designed by Harvey Ball. Pfft. Maybe Harvey Ball like stole it from Forrest Gump. In 1963, uh, it seems like a little earlier than the Forrest Gump thing. Whatever. Compromises a yellow circle with two black dots representing blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah. In the 1960s, there you go. Uh, designed by Harvey Ball according to Wikipedia. So this comic right here has this smiley face with dot on it. Um, not the most, um, 
it's not my favorite comic cover of Animaniacs. I'm being yeah, totally honest. Yeah. It's pretty boring. Pretty boring. It's, it's purple. If you like the color purple. <laughs> yes, the movie or the color. <laughs> um, Either one. And it's polyester, apparently. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the, it's, what does it say there? The first polyester? It says, it says, have a nice day, three exclamation points, and then in parentheses it says, 100% polyester issue. Ooh. So I don't know if that's true or not, but we'll take their word for it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, did we even talk about last week's comic book? Or, we didn't you know, talk about the ago? cover, but, you know, whatever. It's it's It was Pinky the Brain it getting was, split up. Yeah, it was like a photo. It was a it was, cool cover. It was, again, it was, yeah, it was better than this one, but it wasn't, there wasn't a lot to talk it's about. very simplistic. Yeah, I think that's why we kind of didn't talk about it before, because there wasn't much to talk about. I yeah, think this one is was... more to talk about just because how bad it is. <laughs> right well anyway let's it, stop it, talking it, about the cover no it's an animaniacs one because oh, there's you, nothing to do if, other than the title oh yeah if you saw this on the shelf you would have just kept i would have kept walking by i've been like yeah. the smiley face cover i don't get this well let's go ahead and talk about the first part right here and this is the warner's uh comic and it's called a blast from hipsville And a blast from Hipsville was actually written by some Animaniacs writers from the show, Gordon Bresick and Charles M. Howell the Fourth. We've had Charles M. Howell the Fourth on our show. Oh, we should listen to that because he's a great guy, and we should have him and Gordon Bresick on, I believe, someday soon. Hopefully, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, anyway, the inker was Mike DiCarlo, uh, penciler was Walter Carzon. Letterer Bob Panaha, colorist Joe Mignot. I think that's how you pronounce Joe's name. I'm trying to get used to pronouncing it. But anyway. Uh, well, so, Joe, if you're listening, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> write us. Anyway. Uh, so this start. This uh, all takes place, uh, at least the first half of it, um, takes place in uh, San Francisco. Kind of a beatnik bar, bar or club, whatever. Maybe they're just drinking coffee, I think. Right? They don't drink the... They don't drink that the booze inside the beatnik cafe. No, it's just gotta, it's, it's uh, coffee and tea. Coffee and tea, man. So they got yeah, all the yeah. bongos. They got the jazz going on, and you know they have this guy named Big Daddy, Big Daddy Beat, up there. He's a big guy, and um, you know he's playing the thing, and <laughs> the beatniks have a pretty com- funny conversation just to just to start the issue off. They say. Uh, like obscurity is the utmost in nonconformity, man. And this woman beatnik says, "Hey, Daddy O, why are we all dressed the same?" He goes, and the other beatnik says, "Well, if you want to be a nonconformist, chicky babe, you have to dress like one." So this uh, is an ongoing joke. It's like a joke. Yeah, they're all <laughs> nonconformists, but they all have to look the same. So you know, a little bit of a joke. Anyway. The the Warners come out. They are they jump out and Dot is of course the we all know Dot has her own poetry corner, so of course Dot would be there to recite some poetry here at the Beatnik Cafe, which is called the Drooling Eye, a very weird uh, club. Anyway, uh, they say you know do you really think I can win the poetry contest? Yakko says, well, sure, Wacko did a hog-calling contest, and he won it last spring. You know, Wacko proceeds to do his suey, and all the, you know, pigs go everywhere. And, uh, 
Yakko says, and I won the really annoy somebody till they puke contest just the day before yesterday, which uh, turns out it wasn't just officially a contest. He just did it just to make somebody puke. Um, but it was a win-win anyway. Uh, <laughs> so they go to get in the line about, you know, here's my poem. He, he goes up to the, what's this guy's name again? Big, Big Daddy Beat. He goes, hey, like, you gotta, you don't read a poem, man. You have to live it. And you obviously are unhip and, like, totally square. And Yakko says, well, you got big hips and you're totally round. Uh, he goes, like, hey. And Wacko says, oh, you like hay? And he shoves a giant hay bale down Big Daddy's throat. Um, anyway, they proceed to annoy Big Daddy. And um, at one point, even uh, they talk about beat poets. And I think it's Wacko, dressed up as Fred Flintstone, proceeds to be a beat poet by bashing mm-hmm. one of the other beatniks on the head. Um, very odd to see Wacko in this, because not only is he wearing uh, you know, Fred Flintstone's... Uh, checkered outfit with the blue tie but he doesn't have his hat on yeah and that always looks weird there's not many times where Rocco has his hat off <laughs> but anyway they they eventually say okay okay we'll put you up there and she says her poem uh, in front of everybody she says i think that i shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree but i sure hope i find a stanza Half as cute as Tony Danza. Yakko and Wacko, of course, applaud for her, but everyone else hates it. And why? It's because, well, she's not dark enough, you know? She's not she's not depressed enough. They need to talk about the 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 horribleness of life. That's what the beatniks want to hear. One of the beatniks, in fact, tells her, if you want to be a poet, you got to pull the rotting skin off the decaying bones of society. And Dot says, ooh, can I wear my gloves? Uh, they say, okay, we got to figure out a way to be, figure out a way to feel miserable. So should we, should we uh, watch the uh, Alan Thicke Christmas special or perhaps the Benuto reunion? And he goes, even worse. They go to the DMV and they stand in line for like a few panels. <laughs> and it sure enough, it makes Dot miserable. And she takes off her flower and puts on a little, you know, beret. And she says her poem, Little Jack Horner sat in a corner, sticking his dirty finger into a pie. But the pie was rotten because life stinks. And everybody says, oh, it's so hit, man. So terrific. And Yakko and Wacko are saying, wait a minute, who is writing this stuff anyway? This is a comic book, you know, comic as in funny. So they, they point out that in their contract with Warner Brothers, that it says here that the party of the first part said Warners will on all occasions forthwith perform as cherubic merrymakers providing glee and mirth for the party of the second part. So in other words, they have to be, they should be funny. They should be, you know, you know, wacky for everybody. And Dot says, I can't do that. I can't even find my flower. Well, of course, Wacko luckily has that flower that she took off in his magic wacky bag. So then they go pr- proceed to go back up on the uh, beatnik stage and they start, you know, s- you know, squirting seltzer on beatniks. Like there's one that talks about my soul cries out for a, a cleansing. So they're like, oh, okay, so do your clothes. And they squirt them with 
uh, cleanser or you know, seltzer. Another guy says, "Life is a li life is a pile of fertilizer, and it is breathing down my neck." And of course, they decide to dump a truckload of fertilizer on him, and they water it and throw some seeds on it, and then there's flowers everywhere. And Dot says, "See, Mr. Depressing Poet Man." Something pretty can even come out of all that misery and despair. And before you know it, like flowers are just blooming everywhere in this <laughs> must be very stinky um, bar right now. Um, <laughs> but they're putting, you know, flowers over the, around the beatniks, uh, Big Daddy beatnik, whatever <laughs> his neck. And the other beatniks like pick up the flowers and says, wait, uh, the little puppy cats are right. And he goes, why didn't I see this before? Life is a flower. And he says, oh, I thought it was a magazine. And they're like, no, look, it's a flower. And they start like painting all the walls, all these really nice colors. And the next page shows the Warners dressed up as, well, it's a very flower children-y kind of ending to this because everybody loves flowers. In fact, the hip daddy has become kind of like this, uh, Maharishi kind of guy meditating and the Warners are dressed up as Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. A really cool frame right there. Really lots and lots of color. It looks really cool. And um, so we leave off. We started off in the 50s and now we're ending in the 60s with kind of a Woodstocky slash uh, Sgt. Pepper's looking uh, uh, panel. Right there with the well, it might. Do we know? We don't know the year it started for sure. Well, I think it started. I mean, the, the beatniks I know were more popular in the 50s. Yeah, I looked it up. The beatnik era is what it says it starts, and that went from the 1950s to the mid 1960s. So, okay, so it could have it could crossed up into the 60s, right? Okay, yeah, it could be some crossover, maybe. Yeah, sure. But they basically introduce hippie culture to the world in this uh, comic book by getting all these beatniks into flowery stuff. So, uh, yeah, a pretty pretty nice comic right there. Uh, Nathan, what did you think about this first part? Um, it, I, I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a little wordy at times. Is that, is that a fair? Yeah, I, I would say so. I, but I kind of like that in a way because... Um, I mean, you could tell that, the, I mean, I think this happened the same one with uh, that Charles M. Howland, uh, uh, Gordon Bresick wrote the, the previous one that we read. I think that was the Egypt one, I think. And that was a little mm. wordy as well. But I, I liked the jokes. Um, it's very different style than some of these other stories where it's almost more slapsticky. Like previous ones, like the one we just did. Uh, with the Warners going to Transylvania, that was like all slapstick, you know, like just hit the person on the head and run around. The guy kind of looks like Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It was much more visual where this is like, man, you have to read the bubbles to really get some of the jokes, like the nonconformist jokes and we all look the same. And mm -hmm. I, I could see a lot of this stuff kind of going over the heads of, a, you know, kids that might be reading it. But I certainly, you know, I, I, I appreciated them a little bit more, I think, because it was much, there was a lot of details. A lot of details. Yeah, in this first one. there's definitely um, like art wise. It's a little dark, I think, overall, like throughout where until you get to the last like, oh, yeah. Know, page where well, it's I think that kind of works for everything. it, too, then, because it's it's so because you're in this dark club for a lot of it. And uh, the pages aren't that it's not that exciting until the very last the last two pages of the story. I think it worked for it. 
whatever. Um, I was <laughs> just going back through it. Uh, is there is that Batman at, at the DMV? I did not see Batman in the DMV. Let me go back <laughs> to that panel. So let's I'm see. Pretty sure it is. Oh yeah, um, kind of. Yeah, that is Batman at the DMV. He's <laughs> <laughs> Batman. Okay, I he, I take it all back. I love this comic. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman was at the DMV. Even Batman has to register the Batmobile from time to time. Can you imagine taking that car in it to go get its... Wheel, so. it lost a wheel. Oh, man. <laughs> this was right after Christmas. Yeah, around April. So, yeah, could have he could have... Man, that's a long time to take care of your car there. Push it off, Batman. Um, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> Before we get to the next one, there is a little c- cool activity called Dots Dress Up. And uh, this, I think, would be really cool if uh, people want to print this up and, and do something. We tried it before with the chicken boo, mm-hmm. and it, we had some pretty good results, I think. So I can only assume that it would work for this one as well. Uh, be- yeah. Before there was grunge, there was a taste. and a l- <laughs> Wait, there was a taste? No. Before there was grunge, there was taste and a lot of cool fashion. Well, geez. The writer's hating on grunge right there. <laughs> through special fold tab technology, quote unquote, Dot, our favorite fashion expert, can quickly get hip from any era. And so you can put her in kind of a, she starts off as a hip chick, you know, the way she is now, but you can put her to a nod to mod. So you can put like a kind of a record kind of player stuff with go go boots and mirror glasses, or you put love beads on her, or platform shoes, or even goes into disco dot so hmm, hmm. disco disco dot uh, what what is she what are the records supposed to where are those supposed to are those, those her are earrings, earrings i guess yeah they're supposed to go in her ears there's little slots for her her ears right there okay so i assume that's where the glasses ears. went but i guess you put the glasses yeah. and the earrings there well i'd I love to see confused. if anybody <laughs> wants to actually print this sucker up uh you know you could you know find this uh scan online and you can print this up and Show us the results. I'd love to see if they actually fit and everything. I'm assuming they do. Um, mm-hmm. Give it a shot. See what. Let us know what. Let us know what it looks like. Might be cool. But Nathan, the next thing we have right here to close it all up is Pinky and the Brain comic. It's called the Mod Couple. And the Mod Couple was written by Dana Curtin. Penciler was Walter Carzon. Inker, Mike DiCarlo, letterer, Bob Panaha. The colorist this time was Jerome Junker. Nathan, what happens here in the mod couple? All right, well, the year is 1962, um, and we have Pinky in the Brain with um, distracting haircuts. Uh, <laughs> Very distracting haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a couple panels to be like, is this is this Pinky in the Brain? Like, are they, what? Yeah, is it... the brain kind of has like a Beatles haircut, right? Yeah. The the Pinky, I can't really describe his haircut. It doesn't really look like the Beatles. Maybe an Elvis Presley kind of updo, perhaps? I don't know. <sighs> they got they got into some hairstyling gel in the 60s, apparently. But anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, um. So anyways, we... Uh... We see them, uh, they're getting out of their cage, and Brain's like, look at this mobile. It clearly shows in two days that the planets Mercury and Venus will orbit past the Earth, opening a straight trajectory path to the sun. And basically his plan is to use that to create a slingshot to shoot 
the earth into the sun? Why? Unless, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's going to do this and then he'll threaten to shoot. So he has two days to get all this rubber and build this thing and also threaten to shoot the earth, earth into the sun. With a giant slingshot. With a giant slingshot. Or, you know. How many days? Just two days? The worst. Two days. Two days. Says. It's very. I don't know how you're going to make an intergalactic <laughs> slingshot. And just because really you got to think day one, get all the rubber. Day two, make all the slingshot. And by the end of the day two, it's <laughs> threaten everybody. But then you okay. have to also, yeah, get the word out of, hey, I will <laughs> slingshot them. And you have to explain this thing because it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'd be like, really? You got like this. How is this? Are you really going to do it? You got to, you know, convince them that you would be willing to shoot the sun, the earth into the sun. Uh, yeah. So already there's a, there's it's, a problem with this story. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I it's but that's not the weaker. But that's not it. <laughs> the, 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 the plot just, is, is, gets a little worse, I think, because of the, the, the thing. So explain what, how this whole rubber <laughs> thing. So he's like, well, the problem is I don't have enough rubber. The rubber supply has been uh, diverted to make go-go boots. Um, so what we're going to have to do is convert the go-go boots back into rubber, basically. So he's created a machine that, um, I guess, it, since rubber creates static electricity, as people move around on the floor, it will take that static and then convert their shoes back into rubber, I think? I, is that what you yeah, got? Yeah, he said something about like <laughs> static electricity uh, attracting the rubber. Yeah. Which, does that even work? I mean, isn't rubber like an insulator against electricity? I mean, <sighs> right? I mean, like, it will create heat. I don't know. Can it, I mean, can you, you can't, like, when I think about attracting things with electricity, I don't think rubber. I think, yeah. any, I think metal, I think, you know, all these other things you could pull with because essentially it's almost like he's doing like a magnetism thing, right? Or something like to, st- st- to stick people against the floor with, uh, because he needs to get this, uh, he has this whole invention. What is this thing called? It's called the, it's the static-o-matic. The static-o-matic, where he's just gonna get the people to, to, that are dancing, these go-go girls that are dancing, to get stuck to the floor. And then he's, they're gonna stick their, yeah, he says, it'll s- suck their rubber booties right off their feet. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know. I, so I already had a problem right away with this story. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you can get static electricity from rubber. I'm just trying to think like you get from like balloons, right? Yeah, but that conducts balloons the electricity. That, that might. Well, I guess that can do it. I don't know the. Whatever. I know. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, anyways, the it's now two days later, so it's already too late. <laughs> yes. Wait a second. You're right. This is two days later. <laughs> so the day on the later. night, and it's at nighttime too. So it's He's at the like, end of the second day that they're going to go put this plan into action. You are way far behind, you Brain. Are, this is, you're going to have gonna... to wait like a year, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Or, at I don't least. Know how long, how often the these planets line up. But to, to, okay. okay, Brain, whatever. All right, two days later. <laughs> hey, let's just face it. If you have a giant slingshot enough, if you have a slingshot big enough to throw the Earth anywhere, I think that's a big enough threat. You yeah. know, let's, let's forget sure. about throwing it into the sun. He's but, just like, look, I could just toss it the opposite direction and make need, everything cold, right? Or make no, everything super the, hot. You need the planets lined up close enough that you can. Oh, because now he has shoot. everything to attach the. Well, maybe he just shoots it into the rubber the, to these other planets. 
well, he could say, I'll shoot the earth into the moon. Like, even that would be <laughs> bad. Yeah, if he rubber banded the moon down to the earth, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, you will. <laughs> yes. Well, he has <laughs> options. I think what the main point is, the brain has options. You know, if this doesn't work out, I, he has anything. But the main I thing is... Think he's insane. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so they get to the concert, and uh, genius brains here is like, oh, some, some, you know, fab freaks, some, some sort of people are coming, and then Pinky's like, you mean the Fab Four? Because you know, Pinky's a genius; he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and in walks the Fab Four, except, um, you know, you would think like the Beatles, except. Uh, instead of Paul McCartney, we got Ball Bartney Blartney or something. Bingo Bar. Why do and... they do this? They always do this. They've always done this in the comics. You know what I mean? And it yeah. seems like in the in the in the show in the TV show they would just say, "Oh, it's Sharon Stone." You know, not it's yeah. Blaren Blown or something. You know, like that. It's like just say who it is. We all know it's not really Paul McCartney. You know, or. I don't know. I don't know what the legal rule is that somehow oh. Paul McCartney could sue for likeness if it's <laughs> if you say it's Paul McCartney and it's but not. if you say it's Ball Big Bartney, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. If you could say Borge Barrison, that's fine. Borge. It's it's so funny <laughs> uh, the things that they give us. Uh, <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, uh, so the these guys go up to the brain like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he's like. Oh, um, just want to take over the world. He's like, why? He's like, I want to start a revolution. Uh, talking about a revolution, huh? Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, we all want to change the world. And yeah, they look right. at each other like, ooh. These are all words to songs. Uh, he even goes <laughs> into like one where it's like simple, really, uh, like he's explaining how the machine goes. It's like, when this gets to the bottom, this goes back to the top, then I stop, then I turn, and this goes for a ride till it goes to the bottom. You know, those are all words to like a song. Which by the song people. was that? Um, I was I was confused when I looked at that and I said, "What oh, is that song?" Um, I know that part of the song. Eh. Uh, okay, you keep you keep going. I'm gonna find out what song that is okay. because that one drove me nuts. And we can't play <laughs> the music because if we play the music, then it'll uh, it will get kicked off the internet because the lawyers for the Beatles are amazing, you know, and they don't want anybody playing any little two second clip I of the song. I uh, saying those words and it just kick us off. No, I hope not. <laughs> I just know they scream after saying all that. So whatever. Oh. Because I, I... Oh, I, I do know. Okay, when it goes to the top... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, is that Helter Skelter? I think yeah, it's I think Helter so. Skelter. That sounds right. Yeah. Helter Skelter, yeah. Um, and then uh, he's saying, like, I gotta admit, it's getting better. It's getting a little better all the time. Um, so it's a lot of like lyrics to Beatles songs. So if you really like hearing or reading Brain say uh, "Strawberry Fields Forever," which for made no, no sense. Reason. Yeah, he goes, "It'll be Strawberry Fields Forever when I win this," or and it's like that's not an expression. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with rubber banding the world to the yeah. sun. <laughs> no. Um, and so he's like, "Well." Um, he, he looks out in the audience and uh, slappy squirrels out there. Just yeah. weird. Slappy uh, squirrel is, is she's, she looks pretty young too. Yeah. She has a blonde wig on and everything. Anyway, she's out there screaming. She's having fun. She's, yeah, she's so one of the go, go girls. Yeah. Go, go dancer. I don't know. Um, she, 
Oh, I, I thought maybe she was yelling out. Um, her. So the brain's biggest concern is if the if the band does too well, that they'll dance too much and the machine will break. And hey, wouldn't you know it? That's what happens. Uh, you know, the Beatles are jamming out. Everyone's having a great time. Uh, Pinky has to pedal his bike for some reason. Now, this is the only one why. I really liked when it references to 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 songs. Uh, it says, Faster, Pinky, get the dial back to where it once belonged. <laughs> get back to where it once belonged. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Gas Brain, next time, why don't we do this in the road? <laughs> and, um, yeah. And then, you know, the brain says to him, like, you know, with you around, happiness is a warm gun at one point. Um, yeah, there's a lot. It, it just goes on and on. <laughs> anyway, they, the whole machine like, breaks and. Yeah, so uh, Pinky's foot gets caught in the rubber band that's doing his bike or whatever, and uh, he gets pulled inside the machine, um, and he's like, help, I need someone. You know, uh, again, another. Beatles <laughs> think, uh, <laughs> it's pretty much every panel. Like, well, yeah, God, every, yeah, every line fun. they say. We're going to have the Beatles in this. We, you know, Beatles have a lot of songs, and <laughs> we could uh, do <laughs> Um, apparently the Beatles were listening to all of that conversation because every um, little bit, even when they were on stage performing, they yeah, had exactly. a tape recorder and, in the background <laughs> recording. Like, what mice, they, might. Um, uh, anyways, uh, the beat, the the Beatles stopped playing. They're not even called the Beatles. They're the, the Fab, Fab Four. Yeah, they stopped playing because they're like, "Oh, something's happening. Do you need help?" And he's like, "No, just keep playing." And then everyone in the audience is like, "Well, I guess the band's over. The the they must have." <laughs> Must, the concert must be over if the band stopped playing for 30 seconds so they all leave <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's when the machine blows up um, and yeah that's that's when uh, Brain says yesterday all my troubles seem so far away <laughs> <laughs> so great um, and then um, they're they're leaving Pinky wants a, an autograph but Brain's like uh, he did, he'd my Keep these words of wisdom, Pinky. Let it be. Don't bother with these insignificant Beatles. Come back to the drawing board. And then the Beatles, you know, they're like, hmm. Yeah. Spelled, and then we cut to their... 1996. Oh, well, we, <laughs> well, yeah. Now they don't have their hair anymore. Well, we should note that the, the which is, wait a minute. They, that is weird. Why did it go 30 years into the future? These mice are that old now? Why now do that? Well, anyway, they did mention, I shouldn't note that when they said Beatles, they mean like B-E-E-T-L-E-S, like the, you know, like the bug, not the Beatles, like B-E-A-T-L-E-S, the way that the Beatles, you know, spelled yeah, their name. he's calling them like bugs. So they got, a, yeah, so they got around the, uh, you know, legal thing right there too, I suppose. Yeah, by they never said Beatle, because like, Beatles, it's Beatles. a pun. Yeah. The... So skips you know. anyway. So we skip forward thirty years or whatever into the future for the some 19, reason. For some reason, wa- yeah. Pinky's watching TV and the Beatles are on it, and you know, uh, he's like, the, some of those lyrics sound kind of familiar. Um, and I'm my heart's free like a little bird, and then we got to throw another one in. So Brain says, "Yep, free as a bird." <laughs> so, hey, yeah. well, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, that is kind of cute because "Free as a Bird" was just coming out at that time with the Beatles. Um, what is that? The anthology volume like, one. That's a song that came out. Like, yeah, but "Free as a Bird" that just it came out in the late '90s. So, oh, the, yeah, "Free as a Bird." Was, yeah. Okay. So, okay. 
So all of a sudden, I, I give this comic a little bit more credit for for that. Uh, Waiting. That's why they had to jump to the 90s. That's why they then. had to jump to the 90s. Okay. Uh, and then he's like, well, we got to concentrate on tomorrow night and because uh, they need to try to take over the world. So, yes. If you like a... the Beatles. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, like, if you know a lot of Beatles lyrics, then you can read this and you'll be like, huh, that's, huh. That you'll that'll be a reaction throughout the comic. Like, yeah. <laughs> they did that song. I know that song. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's. I didn't laugh at anything. I just went, "Oh, I know that song," or yeah. or it kind of like like you said, like kind of a smile or perhaps chuckle, but nothing was necessarily funny. And actually, like we mentioned at the very beginning, it's very aggravating. This whole plot make no sense. I mean, the brains plots are always convoluted and make no sense really. But this one mm-hmm. kind of is at the top of the list, like. You're doing what now with a slingshot? Like, really? Yeah. Really? Well, any any last thoughts on this uh, this Pinky the Brain comic, Nathan? Um, talking about a revolution. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> to find another random. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, what do you think, Nathan? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this comic book? Um, ooh, you know, we've, we've read some really bad ones. So I'm going to say um, three. I'll say three. I think it's it's about average. It's definitely not my favorite, but I it's not my least favorite. So, yeah. Yeah. I will agree with you. I'll give it a three as well. It's not, but it's not horrible. It's, I mean, it's cute. the The Beatles thing, it was cute. You know, I know Beatles songs. I know songs. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I got the references, so yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and there was lots of comics to, or, I mean, ads. There's lots they, of cool ads right in the center for like Batman and Robin comic and some Honeycomb ads and and you know Kingdom Come, the DC, uh, you know, comic series. So you know if you're if you're into that stuff, it's always there's some always reminiscent yeah. stuff there. Um, but yeah, overall it was it was it was it was good. I mean, I think with a lot of uh, tweaking, you could actually make some of this uh, into a cartoon for the cartoon show, right? I mean, they yeah, I would tweak that Pinky and the Brain one a lot, but <laughs> you could still have them turn you know deal with the Beatles, but just uh, you'd have to change that plot a little bit, but. A little bit, yeah, I'm and the the first cartoon or the first uh, comic or whatever, um, the, it works well in a comic because they do all these specifically things that are in comic, like right. erasing the panel right. as you're reading it, and that looked uh, really cool too. The way that yeah, that's that was angled, cool... it like looked good angled, like it looks like almost like a three dimensional kind of thing. Like the Warners or like Yakko and Wacko were standing on the panel, and it kind of looked like it was pushed apart. It, you'd have to see it, you know. I can't yeah. vocally tell you what it looks like. I know. Well. You got to look at that picture. But, uh, and then they also have the whole, like, wacko, like, oh, I got it. When you turn this page, you're going to freak out. Like, yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, there's like, <laughs> wait till the colors yeah. come. Yeah. Psychedelic um, man. So, yeah, it was, it was fun comic wise that way, too, just uh, as extra yeah. input on the whole thing. But, yeah. Hi. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to our contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Um, well, Joey, I'm on Twitter, uh, JangoFT, that's me. And, uh, of course, the Animaniacast, we're over at uh, 
Twitter and Facebook. And uh, let's see, we're on Instagram. We're also over our Discord, of course, discord.animaniacast.com. And of course, you can send us an email, animaniacast at retrozap.com. Let us know uh, what you think of the show and let us know what you think of maybe the Pinky and the Brain live action movie concept. Um, yeah, share what you think. And uh, hey, why not head over to the Discord channel there and you can also meet a bunch of other RetroZap podcasters as well. There's tons of different podcasts that RetroZap has. Over a dozen, I believe, last time I checked. Uh, whether it's Star Wars or video games or movies or, gosh, just pretty much any other pop culture thing under the sun, RetroZap has you covered. I would suggest subscribing to the RetroZap podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice and then that way you can get every single one of the podcasts delivered straight to your device it's really simple and uh cool so do that well that'll do it for today's episode so for nathan this is joey saying good night everybody good night everybody This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.